If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our outdoor classrooms community. Do you love nature-based children's books? Well, you are going to love my new freebie. It is a compilation of many of my favorite children's books put into a library PDF where it is sectioned off into the four types of gardens. Children's books are a wonderful place to find inspiration for any lesson. I invite you to explore my nature-based children's book library and get seeds of inspiration for outdoor learning. So you can choose one or more books to complement your existing curriculum or simply scan all the nature-based books in the library for inspiration. The choice is yours. Go check it out at www.outdoor-classrooms.com and you will see it on the homepage. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Classrooms podcast and welcome to 2024. We are here with Julia Quigley. Long and Shelly Lee from Green Beverly. Julia was born and raised in Beverly, Massachusetts. She works and volunteers most prominently as an educator and writer, where her bachelor's degree concentrating in human development and social relations, economics, and Spanish from Kalamazoo College and master's degree in international public health from Boston University serve her well. Her passions include elevating environmental stewardship and social justice through one-on-one or one-on-some communication, making her role as Green Beverly Coaching Program Director quite literally a dream come true. We also have Shelley Lee, with us, and she is the Programming and Project Director. Shelley has earned an architecture degree from Rhode Island School of Design. She joined Turner Construction for five years, serving different parts of the business. Subsequently, she spent another five years Shepley Bullfinch, an architectural firm in Boston, where she coordinated the technical consultants on a hospital project. The real fun started when she stayed home to raise kids. In the end, she homeschooled two boys from K through 12 and helped run a small homeschool group. Shelly is excited to be working for Green Beverly using her creativity, project management skills, and teaching experience to help push sustainability forward in Beverly, where she and her family has lived since 2000. Without further ado, Shelly and Julia. 
Hello, everybody. We are here with Julia Long from Green Beverly and Shelly Lee, and they are here from Beverly, Massachusetts, and they are going to tell us about how they, how Green Beverly evolved and the amazing projects that they are doing. So I'm going to start with Julia, and if Julia, you can tell us a little bit about how you came to Green Beverly. Yes, actually, Green Beverly started as just a, a little funny idea that was born of a few of us who were on the Clean Energy Advisory Committee for the city of Beverly in 2017. And there was there were a couple of guys, I don't know if I'm allowed to say their names, but it's <laughs> great creative guys, just, just started a website, Green Beverly, I think it was at that time, greenbeverly.com. And we decided to do something with that, this group of us and these guys. And we decided to create t-shirts with the website and and put some basic what you can do kind of information on the website. And then we showed up at community events and talked to people about sustainability. And we realized there was a hunger for it in the community. So that was 2017. Then we decided to basically elevate Earth Fest in the area. And we created a bunch of different with community organizations like yours, um, projects and programs, whoever we knew was interested in sustainability at any level. We just we just went for it and held outdoor gatherings and music and food and the city came on board. And it was a really actually a really fun organic growth into Fast forward to 2021 when we, uh, was it 2021, Shelly, when we incorporated as a 501c3 uh, and just took off on a whole new level and created a nonprofit. And there's a lot more, a lot more to it these days, but that's the growth and birth of it. That's amazing. So Shelly, you are here as well. And I would love to hear how you came into the fold of this incredible organic business. Yeah. And I actually want to say my favorite story about how Green Beverly started, which Julia did not say, is what they put on their t-shirts. They said, ask me about my windows or ask me about heat pumps, which I thought was just so clever. So you always have to plug what your t-shirt said. Yeah, I I had an architecture and construction background, and then I've homeschooled my kids for K through 12, which was either a good or a bad decision, depending on who you talk to in our house. So I, I, Dean, who's the executive director of Green Beverly, he had gone out for breakfast with my boss from 20 years ago and was saying, hey, I need a project manager for this food diversion project. And my old boss was like, oh, I know just the person. And so that's how I ended up here. So Dean, you know, was like, hey, you want to do this project? And so I started on food diversion and I am sliding into a program director role as we get more projects. So it's really growing. I mean, it's really, I do remember the time, Julian, seeing you at the Far Farmers Market here in Beverly and your stand and, and it's really developed this incredible momentum. So, so you have titles now. And so Julia, you're the community engagement director, manager. Correct. Yeah, I'm a director. So there are three, there are actually three of us who are paid staff basically. And then we have other staff that are paid through different uh, grant funded projects and things. And then we have a, just a, just a, just a bunch of volunteers. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
it's still really small is my point. And we have, and, and Shelly and Dean, who Shelly mentioned is the executive, executive director and myself, we, the three of us make up the leadership. Team. So can you describe some of the projects that you are doing? We've sort of talked a little bit about your vision and, and really getting sustainability more uh, visual, apparent part of the ongoing discussion here in Beverly. Can you tell us a little bit more of the projects that are balancing that out? Sure. I mean, Shelly mentioned the food diversion project, which is a which is a big one. And I'll let her talk more about that later. But we uh, we have we talk about three basic angles of Green Beverly. Um, one is the events that we run. So if, if anybody's ever heard of the pumpkin smash in November, the weekend mm-hmm. after uh, Halloween, that's ours. Earth Fest, we, we keep with Earth Fest. And, and then there's an event at the Cabot Theater that we do every winter spring, the Community Conversations event. These are our three kind of signature events, and they're partnered with significant groups in the city. One is with the, with the city for Earth Fest. One is um, with the Cabot Theater, and the other one is with New Entry Sustainable Farming Project. So events those are big ones. We also have workshops and smaller events. And then we also have, as you as you mentioned, our office hours during the time period of the market, the farmer's markets are are just at the market. So people can mm-hmm. find us there 16 weeks out of the year in person to reach out to us. Of course, we're available all the time on our website, uh, which is now greenbeverly.org. And there's a question button that you can reach out to any of our coaches, which is another another area that we have available to uh, for education and, and guidance for the community. Uh, 22, 23 coaches in different areas of sustainability are ready to help answer questions that people might have. Um, we frame it that everyone sort of has something on their mind some at some point that has like a, a conundrum about sustainability. And so we have people who are gurus in that area. Um, they're either experts or they're just they're just aficionados and they're ready to help you over that hurdle to get you to the next level of sustainability in that area. So there's there's that. Um, and there's also what is there, Shelly? <laughs> there's oh well so there's the projects. There's the projects that like Shelly does, the food diversion and and um, other projects that we have are helping folks get access to clean energy for their homes and creating basically a sliding scale process for them. If, the, if, if there's a, something getting in the way of them getting that and it's financial, then we help them meet that need. Educationally, also, we help them meet that need. And there are there are numerous projects out there that are sometimes that are funded either short-lived or longer term one of them was a compostable container takeout container program for the area restaurants and there are other ones similar to this that that just are gone going to very varying degrees and lengths and depths and then there are the programs which which are longer term and fuller more fully funded programs that we have and an example of that is a, a program by the funded by the USDA and it is to help create a, a food map a food access a local food accessibility map so we're assessing where there are resources for local food in terms of land skills transportation, storage, these kinds of things, and then where there's a need. And we're trying to overlay these two things and, and make make local food more accessible to more people 
in various ways. So that's another sort of example of a, of a bigger, well-funded sort of project that we're working on. So we've got all these different levels, programs, projects, and events. Yeah, that's incredible. So Shelly, can you tell us a little bit more about your role and some of the, I guess you're in, in more detail of the projects that yeah, so I started out on the food diversion project. Um, they had gotten a, some grants from some local, mostly local banking institutions, I believe. I think it was like three of them. And um, so we started rescuing food. So rescuing food means that the supermarket hasn't sold it. It's expiring. You know, they the labels changed or they just need the shelves for something else. The season is changing or it looks tired whatever it is, they will lots of times give it away. So, and if people aren't picking it up, it might be going to a farm to feeding pigs. It could just be headed straight into the trash. And even with two very well-oiled food pantries in our area, uh, there's actually still food in Beverly, which is actually wild. Um, So there's still supermarkets. I mean, we have three big we actually have four big supermarkets in Beverly for a town of 40,000. And so there's still days worth of food sitting there. Um, so we are doing currently three pickups a week. And on any one of those days, we could be picking up like 400 to 700 pounds of food. So it's a lot of food. Wow. And that when you think about that, you know, the size of the banana boxes, that's like uh, maybe anywhere from five to 15 boxes of produce. Uh, one of the supermarkets we're going to literally just gives us all the bread in a carriage. And so the carriage can be literally filled, two of them just like falling off the top as I roll it out of the store kind of filled. And then, you know, food, prepared food, a lot of prepared food as well. So, and then we, obviously you have to find a place for all this food to go to, uh, Because for whatever reasons, the local food pantry, you know, they don't need it on that day because they have hours, certain times. They only have a certain amount of people that are walking through. So they are actually trying to find food to fill the quota of people that walk through their door. And they're also trying to give them sort of a balanced brown bag, if you will, like, you know, just all produce then you don't have any of the other ingredients to go with it. So they are also getting food from the Greater Boston Food Bank. So it's really a complicated process. But at the end of the day, we have food sitting inside the supermarket and we have people in Beverly that are hungry. And so Green Beverly is trying to bridge that gap. So I say we're gleaning behind the -hmm. local pantries and taking what they can't use for whatever reason on that particular day And if we can't find an organization for it to go to, we're trying to make new things happen. So one of the new things that we have happening is the YMCA here in town. They have affordable housing and they have hugely stepped up to the plate and which they actually had food in years previous, but they had lost those connections during COVID. So they actually were reestablishing to some degree. I just called them on a whim and would be like, hey, I have food. Do you guys want to get food to your housing? And the guy, David Goodwin, he rocks and he's like, absolutely. And so they've put up spare refrigerator in their housing building and they have tables out. And so they are one of the places that we're bringing food. So it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, everything that you're doing is, is incredible. So if, if you were to, I have so many, so my mind is going everywhere. I'm like, okay, how can we educate more children about this process that you're doing? And are, are we, are we sharing this knowledge and with our, with children? And so they're growing up with this 
love for their environment. And that's what we're doing here at Outdoor Classrooms is we're trying to get outdoors and sustain our outdoor classrooms. So is there a component of education that you are doing, Julia? Well, just what I was thinking about is is um, one of the elements of Green Beverly. You know, we came onto the scene just three years ago or, or something. And during COVID heaviness and uh, just sort of flying by the seat of our pants in a way, but also responding to a need that we felt was was really real in our community. So we are constantly evolving. I will say that. And when we see a need or when someone from the community comes in with a need, we are trying to find a way to make that work. So something that we've been doing is just as we move forward, we do not want to step on toes. We would like to elevate all lights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We're all working hard in different ways to get something big accomplished. And so the work you do, Victoria, is just amazing with the young kids. And we would love to find more ways to enhance yeah. what you do, you know, um, Salem Sound Coast Watch does what they do so well. And there's no reason for us to try and do what they do when they're also looking for people to pay attention and and take on their message. Right. So we have changes simple in it in the area. We have we have all of the food pantries. We have things going on, like what Shelly said, you know, we're gleaning behind mm. in more ways than just than just the food program, which is just so huge. So so that's that's sort of a ring true kind of thing. And wherever we are with education and people, one of our this goes a little off trails, but like wherever we we are with education with people, we really also work hard to meet them where they are. So that's the other thing. Um we're we're not a gloom, we don't want to be a gloom and doom. There's plenty of gloom and doom out there. <laughs> and yeah. so we're not going there. Um we really want to be an inspirational, educational, motivational kind of creative, think outside the box kind of place. And like I said, where there's good work happening, shed light on that. Yeah. Um, where there's a where there's a gap, fill that in. That's what we're trying to do is fill that in and connect. Yeah. So brilliant. So what you're doing, I mean, you're working with the kids in ways that, that, you know, we just don't have the expertise to do, but we would love to help you. And, and if there are ways that you would like to incorporate this kind of thing, let's talk, you know? And yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah. So that's where my brain goes. It's sort of like, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome because it's, I can just, it's going, it's going in a million different directions because it's knowing all this really cool stuff. I'm like, that's that's really really cool. If there were other, there's again not just Beverly re- residents are are listening to our podcast today. So if there were other folks in other cities and towns, what would you recommend for them to do or start, or how could they be a green Beverly? I mean, on the food side, I would say it would be worth. I, I've been thinking about this in a larger way. Is like you know just canvas your neighborhood and talk to stores and see if they do have food that's going to waste. Now, I will say our experience was that when we very early on went into and said, are you throwing your food away? Nobody wanted to talk to us. So you do have to kind of, you can't, can't quite say that. We learned that. You had to say, <laughs> hey, you know, we're looking to get, you know, food to people in our town if it's available and you're not selling. Like, you kind of have to couch it a little more, <laughs> not, hey, are you throwing things away? Because then then it's like shaming them practically, you know. But um, you asked about, you know, how children, and, and we definitely have at least, uh, I definitely have um, people coming to rescue food with their children. Uh, Julia's son has been coming and her daughter a little. And then I have another family with their kids. And I have another mom with her 10-year-old. And, of course, they love it. 
And they get to get in the back end of stores, you know, things you don't get to see. And it, that is inherently education, you know, like mm. this is all the food that didn't sell. There's, Julie and I are both homeschoolers. So I'm always looking for educating while somebody is walking alongside you doing these things. So even that little 10 year old, I'm like talking to him as we're doing things, you know, but it's so enlightening to see that, you know, it's business like, okay, so the reason they're giving this away is they bought too much. I keep joking that we could fix this problem if everybody went to the same store on the same day and bought the same thing every bloody week. But that's not how life goes. So yeah, that that leads me to where I was, I was thinking of going as well, Shelly, is that um, there are volunteer opportunities all over the place. And I think even with the littlest of the littles, there are opportunities. And the way that we have developed our model so far is it, it doesn't exclude those opportunities, but it's not, we're not focusing on that right now. And we we're starting to really kind of want to. So I think that that is a huge opportunity to have adults, youth and children of all ages available, ready to, to partake in this kind of work because that's really where we started anyway. We're just yeah. calling, we're just, you know, calling out what we all feel anyway is like, how, what can I do? How can yeah. I manage this feeling of mine, put it to action. So, so hopefully within the next year, it's one of my goals to get our volunteer opportunities more organized so that people can do just one-off volunteer opportunities as a family or or alone um, as singles, um, have more social opportunities as well, where people can get together and meet like-minded folks um, and, and take, take that part on now. Ah, oh, so great. It's so great. And I, I think this can be replicated in different cities and towns. And, and again, I love what you are, your mindset around it, that it's, it's not doom and gloom, that it is positive. It's, it's shedding light on, you know, kind of what's missing and and not stepping on other people's toes because there are, and that we all should work together. I feel that very much so in the outdoor classrooms community is that we are, we're really trying to create a movement. And part of this sustainability is a part of that movement. It's just, it's, it's another angle. It's a part of the conversation. So I love that. Is there anything else that, yeah, Julie, Julia. Yeah, there's one more thing I wanted to add to your question about, about other, other folks listening to us today. Something that we say sometimes in our little family of Green Beverly is you know, we're, do, we're doing a lot of good, hard work. And sometimes it feels overwhelming. And um, we think, you know, well, what difference am I making, right? How, how can I really make a difference with this work I'm doing today? And we, we remind ourselves that we are, this is just, we are all single people around this whole planet. So um, the work that we do is a work that's in a part of a community, that's part of a larger community in a, in a state setting. It's a part of a larger community, which is a, a country and beyond. And people look to, people look to, believe it or not, to the United States for for a lot of the things, a lot of the creative things that come forward um, out of progression, like we have good ideas in this country. And 
And in fact, in Massachusetts is a leader in sustainability. And Boston actually has come to us and, and highlighted our work at, in Beverly. So, so Little Green Beverly is doing our thing. And we want people to come to us and ask us how we're doing things. We want yeah. people to reach out to us and, and ask us questions and how we started and what we might suggest. Because honestly, we, we, we are operating under the assumption that others want to do this too. So really it's it's not it's not a magical potion. It's just a bunch of people coming into the same room together. So we're happy to share with you our our recipe. We're happy to share with you our our journey. Again, it's been a short, short time that we've been working and we've really come a long way. We've we've started to become more self-funded. Um, and we're getting, we're growing legs pretty quickly. So do reach out to us, find us and let us help you help yourselves. That's awesome. Thank you. Shelly, is there anything you want to share before we? Yeah. You know, Victoria, I actually think we could go on. I, this is supposed to be a half hour <laughs> show. I think we, we haven't even talked about all the projects we're doing because one of them is a pollinator project, which would absolutely tie into your outdoor gardens just all oh. the pollinators and we're going to be doing a map and, you know, how far bees can fly and will the bees be able to fly down Main Street? Will there be enough flowers on Main Street that they can, you know, get along? And so there's a lots of exciting, you know, stuff that we're doing. We're headed into trash in this coming year, minimizing trash. There's so much fun and education that can happen with the small people in your home when you get into recycling. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. And you don't want your recycling and your trash in your outdoor garden. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're also working yeah. with, uh, with Plant Magic to formulate a task force to pull invasive species. So that would be fun to do with little, little ones to come and identify invasive species and pull them out of the ground and understand how to manage those. So yeah, we've got a lot of interesting things going on. They will be on our website if people want to. Yeah. Any others that I missed? Are there any others that we, I love those two. Those are pretty awesome. <laughs> For the kiddos? <laughs> any, anything, anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. I have, what are, what are your green actions, transportation, heating, electricity, food, water, shopping, compost, and recycling, lawn and gardens. So you're really touching the whole yeah, we've got and educating a, people. We've got a larger program, a larger coaching program. So we have our regular coaching program, which covers sort of a large cast the net wide, but we have a more pointed coaching program through or in a, in conjunction with the city of Beverly to work with folks in particular, I believe owners of larger multi-unit facilities to help educate and encourage folks to make cleaner choices with their with their heating and cooling. And what else, Shelly, do we have? We haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're always thinking of interesting things, too. You know, like with the holidays coming up, we were and with the trash focus coming up, too, we're kind of like it's for 2024, this whole trash and waste where does your waste come from? Where does it go? How should we deal with this? And what choices can we make to to improve the waste stream in our city and in our communities? Um, but, you know, the holidays are coming up and we're like, well, there's some really great information we can share <laughs> before 2024. <laughs> and right. how to get rid of your Christmas tree or whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's always these things that, um, you know, we're, we're exploring and experimenting with every year. Uh, so, yeah, again, that's part of it is we really want a lot of good feedback if people have something a thought or a comment or an idea come come join us come join us yeah it's incredible incredible any any final words any 
before we take off? Composting is one of the things we've been talking about. That would be great in your outdoor classrooms, all the worms and the piles and the just there's a lot of richness there, no pun intended. Yeah, our kids love the worms. We have uh, three compost bins in our secret awesome. gardens outdoor classroom, and they, they we just go worm hunting. And right. I never thought, like, you know, oh, the uh, compost bin is going to be a destination of... of- <laughs> <laughs> and we have a vermiculture coach on our team. So so you can compost with worms inside your own little tiny apartment under your sink if you want to. Right. And we can tell you how. That's fantastic. You see, you've got it all. So anything sustainability, it's just exciting. You are a model for so many of us in many, many other cities. And I do hope that our listeners do reach out and find you and and kind of tap into one or one or many of your different programs and try one step at a time. But I have watched the growth over the years and it's just, it's learning even stuff t- today that I didn't even know about. It's like, it's blowing my mind. So I am so honored to be a part of your worlds and thrilled that our paths have crossed and I, my mind is ticking. So you might hear from me in terms of how can we get how could we tie you in this here and here? So we hope you do. We hope you do. Yeah, <laughs> let's keep going. This is a lot of a lot of work to do, and we've got best practices sort of under our belt now, and and um, we're on a roll. Yeah. So thank you so much for hosting us, Victoria. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals, then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversations. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month and you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us at Outdoor Classroom. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.